Hello, everybody, and welcome to That Wrestling Show, the podcast where all pro wrestling matters. I am your host, Bill Yankovi, and this is such a big news week that the original idea that I had, the original plan that I had, is going to be moved back to next week. That's how big the news is this week in the world of professional wrestling. Two very big stories. Uh, one that happened on Thursday night. Obviously, you guys know what I'm going to be talking about. And the other one happening earlier in the week. But there are there is other uh, news to discuss. So... With that said, let's dive into it and going to start with our final look at The Miz on Dancing with the Stars. That's right, I said it is the final look because The Miz's time on Dancing with the Stars is up. The Miz was eliminated this week after dancing to Radio Gaga by Queen and then being a part of the Jive Relay, dancing to a crazy little thing called Love. Uh, It came down to him and Jojo Siwa. That's who it came down to. And Miz is eliminated from Dancing with the Stars. He made it to about the halfway point, which honestly is not that bad considering he's not a professional dancer. But still, that's a really, really good job. Had The Miz advanced to next week, and again, uh, this is what would have happened had they they, uh, survived, uh, it would have been Janet Jackson night. On Dancing with the Stars. That's what the next one would have been had The Miz advanced on Dancing with the Stars, but he did not. The Miz eliminated from Dancing with the Stars. Like I said, he made it to about the halfway point. That's pretty good for The Miz. You know, uh, that that's pretty good. And we'll obviously see The Miz real soon on you know back in WWE I'm sure the guys at Raw are probably happy that he is in fact coming back real soon have some engagement news to report it is reported and it was confirmed today that NXT personalities Vic Joseph a former guest here on that wrestling show and Mackenzie Mitchell announced their engagement today Mackenzie tweeted out a picture with this statement. Life is fun with you. Let's do it forever. So congratulations to Vic Joseph and Mackenzie Mitchell on their announced engagement. In other news, it is being reported that Sabu is going to retire from professional wrestling. Uh, This story was reported this morning by Mike Johnson of PW Insider. Sabu, citing a back injury that has haunted him over the last year, announced he is ending his in-ring career. One of the most influential and important performers of the 1990s, Sabu, told Wrestling Shoot Interviews that he has probably wrestled his final match 
after his body didn't hold up during about a couple of weeks earlier. In discussing the decision, Sabu commented, quote, I'm not doing real good. I hurt my back about a year ago, and it's still been hurting. I wrestled a couple of weeks ago, but I shouldn't have. I've only wrestled like twice in the last year, and I only went to the gym a couple of times the last year because I hurt my back. I'm probably not going to wrestle no more. I'm probably just going to do autograph signings and personal appearance type stuff. When asked if there was anybody who would inspire him to get back in the ring for one final match, Sabu commented, I'd definitely get back in the ring for Brock Lesnar. I'd love to wrestle him. Especially if it was my final match, I'd love to wrestle him. He's the best. He's a shooter. He's a good worker. He's my kind of opponent. I like big guys. I like wrestling big guys. I don't like wrestling guys like me because it's not that interesting. It's more interesting wrestling a guy like me against a guy like Brock Lesnar. Sabu, is 57, was trained by his uncle, the original Sheik, and broke into professional wrestling in 1984. He made waves in Japan for the FMW promotion, which led him into ECW and became not only one of their earliest stars, but easily one of the biggest stars that the company ever had. He also worked for New Japan, WCW, and WWE over the course of of his career. Ah, uh, you know what? Sabu's really done it all. He, he is one of those people, one of those wrestlers that just put his body on the line time after time after time after time in a way, you know, to, to entertain the fans. And that's something that is really appreciated. Um... You know, it's one of those things where when, you know, someone says, I can't do it anymore, more than likely they mean it. So, uh, Sabu's had a really good career. You know, he's got to travel all over the world. He had so many big feuds and memorable matches that, you know, I maybe it's a good thing that he is hanging it up. 57 years old, that, that's a long, you know, almost a 40-year career to think about that. that. That's a crazy thought that he's been doing it for almost 40 years. So if it is the end, good luck to Sabu on uh, whatever he decides to do next. And I'm sure he's going to want to do, you know, his own thing the only way he can. All right. So, let's talk about the two big news stories of the week. And, the, or actually, no, real quick. I want to I wanna talk about something real quick before I get into the news stories. Over the weekend, uh, Halloween weekend, H2O Wrestling, which is a promotion owned and ran by Matt Tremont, they had a show on Halloween night at the Trenton Thunder Baseball Stadium. And the big match there on Halloween night was Matt Tremont against Atsushi Onita in an explosive barbed wire match. I got to watch this uh, on independentwrestling.tv. 
when it happened. Matt Tremont sacrificed his body for some crazy spots. And Matt Tremont, unfortunately, in the match, suffered some really bad burns. And he is currently in the hospital as we speak. He may be in there for another week. Um, but, you know, the match he had with Onita, if, if you're into that kind of wrestling, if you are into the kind of, you know, hardcore violence, all of that, then I would definitely recommend watching that match. Um, if you're not, then I say don't watch it. It's that simple. But it was a very interesting and entertaining match, to say the least. Um, hopefully Matt Tremont, you know, will recover and he will get better very, very shortly. And him and Onita, they've got a good history together. They had, The first time they met was in CZW like four or five years ago. And, excuse me, and, you know, they've kind of developed, you know, a good friendship between the two, and I, I think at one point Onita kind of took uh, Tremont under his wing as a protege, so, you know, it, it, nothing, you know, no harm done, you know, it's just, he got burned a little bit, and hopefully the burns will heal up uh, real, real soon. Alright, let's talk about the two big stories of the week. And the first one I want to talk about is the John Moxley news that I'm sure everyone knows by now. And that is that John Moxley, earlier this week, voluntarily entered himself into an inpatient alcohol treatment facility. Um, Tony Khan made the announcement on Tuesday via Twitter... After John and his wife, uh, Renee Paquette, Renee Young, allowed Tony Khan to make the announcement, and I will read this tweet. John Moxley has allowed me to share with you that he is entering an inpatient alcohol treatment program. John is a beloved member of the AEW family. We all stand with him and Renee and all of his family and friends as he shifts his focus to recovery. AEW backs the former world champion and is supporting him throughout his treatment. John is making a very brave choice to get help, and we're embracing his choice and supporting him however we can. I'm proud to call John a friend, and like many of you, I'm also a fan of Mox and look forward to a time in the future when he is eventually ready to return to the ring. Until then, thank you for supporting John and respecting his privacy at this time. If you or a loved one need help, please reach out to the SAMHSA's National Helpline. That is 1-800-662-HELP, 1-800-662-4357. I'm going to say this. That is one of the most courageous things any individual can ever do is to admit that they have a problem and they want to get help to get better. 
I think we know the the full story, or we know a good part of John Moxley's story. You know, he had a rough childhood, he had a rough bringing, you know, upbringing, and I'm sure at times alcohol had been there to help him. Um, I do believe, and this is just an opinion, that him and Renee having you know their baby girl earlier this year might have put John into a position of I need to change I need to be a better person and I'm not going to be able to do it you know to get yeah you know being you know drinking uh the, like I said, this is this is one of those situations that some people choose to do privately, and there are those that choose to do it publicly, and there is nothing wrong with that. And I think what John Moxley has done already is a brave enough thing it is so brave that you know he deserves every bit of respect for doing this this is not a storyline this is not an angle this is real life and hope i i hope as a as a human being as a person that john gets the very best help that he gets and that, you know, he's able to get through this. And, you know, there was news reported a couple a day or two ago that John and Renee are moving to Ohio. So um, that's, I think, kind of a, a nice help as well because John is from Cincinnati. He's an Ohio boy. So he's, you know, going to be at home. And,. Um, it, it's just one of those things that, uh, it, it's just one of those things where it, it can be hard. It can be hard to admit that you need help, but it's also all right to say I need help because there are people out in this world that want to help you, willing to help you would do anything to help you. And I know, you know, in this day of social media where people can say very vulgar things and be very rude and very nasty to other people, all I have seen on social media this entire time is nothing but support. From wrestlers to fans to everybody. Um, I I'm 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 gonna say that I I don't drink that much. Um, for those of you that know me very well, you know I don't really drink that much. For those that don't know me, I very rarely have any type of alcoholic beverage. I mean, very rarely. But over the last few years, um, 
going through my family's lineage, um, I've learned that there was a point um, that there was a history of alcohol abuse. Not 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 with any of my living member in you know, the living family, but past uh, you know ancestors. And I remember having this discussion uh, about about a year ago, about a year ago, with my mom. And my mom never drank. I've honestly, if if I ever saw my mom drink, it probably would have been like a a glass of champagne at a wedding. That's the only time I've ever seen my mother drink. And even if she did, it wasn't that much. I remember her telling me that she did not want to be consumed with alcohol. She did not want to continue this, you know, generation thing of alcohol. abusing alcohol or abusing drugs you know and my mom when she was young took a stand and decided that she was not going to drink alcohol and she kind of became the first generation on my mom's side of the family to not drink alcohol and then it kind of got to me and my siblings for the most part. And, you know, I'm. That was something that I promised myself many, many years ago when my nephews were born that I would never drink in front of them when they were kids because I did not want. To have them have this thought that, you know, Uncle Bill drinks a lot. I, n I never wanted that. And, you know, to this day, I 12 years later, I have not had a drink and, you know, an alcoholic beverage in front of my nephews. And that's something that I hold myself very high to. Uh, Bruno San Martino was like that. He never wanted to drink anywhere that had kids there and and that's kind of where I got the inspiration from but um if you or anyone know of anybody that you know is having issues with alcohol having trouble controlling their alcohol consumption and you need help I will read the, the, the number again for SAMHSA's, S-A-M-H-S-A, their national helpline, 1-800-662-4357. That is one more time, 1-800-662-4357. And I just want to say on behalf of the fans of this podcast on the Facebook group, Twitter, 
We are a million percent behind you, John and Renee. We hope that everything works out and that, you know, when we see you again, you know, whenever that may be, whenever that may be, John, we will see you and we will cheer for you because you're one of us. You're one of the, you know, you're one of the tough guys. You're one of, you know, but you're a man's man and you're a man that many people love and respect and you are someone that we care about. And all I could say is I just hope that you get better. Just hope that you get better and we see you again very, very soon. Now to the other story of the week, and this news broke last night, and this is one of those times where it can be crazy, and that is the latest round of WWE releases. Before I get into that, I want to bring up um, a, a little bit of the beginning of this week's newsletter that Dave Meltzer just put out uh, virtually. Because WWE had their third quarter meetings yesterday. Their third quarter meetings. And I will mention eventually why I'm bringing this up. So I'm going to read the first three paragraphs. And then we will go from there. Right after a quarterly report that was nothing but optimistic about WWE financials for the future, where financial guidance for the year was increased due to the return to house shows which are now profitable, and the recent Saudi Arabia show, World Wrestling Entertainment released 18 wrestlers. The company announced for quarter three revenues of $255,853,000 and $43,486,000 in profits. The same quarter last year did $221,595,000 in revenue and $48,278,000 in profits. The reason for the decline in profits is that during quarter three, Raw and SmackDown were still being taped at the Performance Center, which saved a ton of money. Once the expenses for the Thunderdome play into the equation in the next quarter, things will look better in comparison with the prior year, and there is literally nothing to worry about. In addition, the fourth quarter includes a Saudi Arabia show this year when there wasn't one last year okay so wanna say it again third quarter revenues 255 million dollars 255 million dollars and they made 43 million dollars in profit um also want to mention Product revenue went up to $25 million 
in the third quarter. That's a big deal. Um, world, worldwide television rights fees went up from $132 million to $141 million. Why am I mentioning all of this? Because literally hours after this conference happened, we get news that WWE starts to release talent. And as mentioned, 18 people, 18 people ended up getting released. So the 18 people that were released, uh, I'd say about half from NXT, half from the main roster, include Scarlett Bordeaux, Ember Moon, Frankie Monet, Oni Lorcan, Trey Baxter, Karrion Cross, B-Fab, Katrina Cortez, Jesse Kamea, Jeet Rama, Grand Metalik, Nia Jax, Keith Lee, Harry Smith, or Davey Boy Smith Jr., Eva Marie, Mia Yim, and Lince Dorado. Those are the 18 that got released. Now, one of the releases, not really a surprise, Grand Metalik, he had asked a couple of months ago for his release. That's, you know, not, not a surprise. Where it starts to get... Right from the beginning, honestly, right from the beginning of this list is when it gets surprising. Scarlet, who has not been on TV since Karrion Cross, her now fiancé, went to the main roster. She hasn't been used. For some reason, in WWE's infinite wisdom, they split Karrion Cross and Scarlett. Don't get it. I don't. I don't. I don't get it. I'll talk about Karrion Cross in a little bit. Ember Moon. She had a good run in WWE. It could have been better, but she had a good run. I think her best times were in NXT. She was. NXT Women's Champion, and she was a co-holder of the Women's Tag Team Titles. Frankie Monet is a very surprising release. Because Frankie Monet, Taya Valkyrie, who is internationally known, Impact, AAA Wrestling, just to name a few, leaves Impact goes to NXT. And it's like, okay, this is going to be a big boost for the women's division. You know, because you got you got Io Shirai, you got Dakota Kai, Raquel Gonzalez, you know, you got all these women, and Frankie Monet can come into the mix, and she's going to make, you know, she's going to make this a very, a, a better division, because that's been one of the, for a while, uh, one of the strong points of NXT has been the women's division. They have... They've had, for a while, a very good women's division. Somebody posted, the entire time Frankie Monet was in NXT, she had a total of six matches. 
Let me repeat that. Six matches. And this is a woman who has traveled all over the world, internationally known, respected by many critics, many fans. She only wrestles six matches and she's gone. Then what the hell was that signing for? Why did you even sign her? Why? Doesn't make sense. Oni Lorcan, I feel bad about. I, I really do. Because he'd been there for a long time. Got put together with Danny Birch. Became a really good tag team. I thought maybe they'd get to the main roster someday. You know, could be a very good tag team. Help whatever there is in the tag team division. Um, But Oni, Oni's gone. Now, I'm not going to go through everybody, but I do want to mention this, and this is very important. Scarlet, Ember, Frankie, Oni, Trey Baxter, Katrina Cortez, uh, Jesse Kamea, and Jeet Rama. Since they were on, since they were on the NXT roster and they got released, they only have to wait 30 days. So as soon as those 30 days end, which will be at the beginning of December, bet your bottom dollar you're going to be seeing some of this talent at either independent shows or on TV right away. Bet your bottom dollar. Now, let's talk about the main roster. First one I want to bring up is BFAB. She just got to the main roster, part of, you know, Hit Row. And I had said a few weeks ago on this show, I had said a few weeks ago when people were like, oh, I don't know if, you know, now's the time Hit Row to be up there. I said, look, they've got Isaiah Scott. You swerve. He's a veteran. He's been in the business a long time. He's going to help these guys. He's going to help them. Not even a month, if that, and BFAB is gone. I feel so bad for her. I'm not saying she's the best wrestler. But you don't even go a full month on the roster, and she's gone. Grand Metalik, like I said, he had asked for his release a while, or about a month ago, actually, so that's no surprise. Lince Dorado, like, not really a surprise, because, you know, the whole Lucha House Party. Um, I would not be surprised if Metalik and Dorado found work in Mexico. I really would not be surprised. I AAA probably would be the, the choice, but again, wouldn't surprise me if CMLL got in the mix. Very possible. Oh, uh, Harry Smith. God, I feel bad for this man. He never even got on TV. I feel bad for this dude. Oh, my God. Like, he, you know, was in MLW, had this feud going for a while with Jacob Fatu. And for a while before he left, it looked like maybe he was going to be the guy to beat him. And then he goes to WWE. He, you know, helps inducts to induct his dad into the Hall of Fame. And that's it. We don't, we don't even see him on TV. Don't even see him on TV. Eva Marie, 
Alright, I'm, <laughs> I'm gonna be as nice as I possibly can with this. She made a comeback. She was there. She did what she, you know, was supposed to do. Get people mad. Which she did. Let's just admit it. She, she's got great heel heat. But after the whole thing with Dewdrop, what else were you going to do with her? Really? What else were you going to do with her? Mia Yim, that's another one. I felt very disappointed about as far as why do they let her go? Because she had that little bit of run in Retribution and when it was over and you know she was announced to be on SmackDown it's like okay we're going to get Mia Yim we're not going to get Reckoning we're going to get Mia Yim and now she's going to be available for any women's division right now and she's going to be a wonderful addition to any women's division right now I don't care which one it is she's going to be a great addition to their women's division. But. Gotta talk about. The big three. For me anyway. Karrion Cross, Nia Jax. Keith Lee. I'm going to start with Karrion Cross, And I will admit this. Not the biggest Karrion Cross fan in the world. I gave him. Multiple chances. And, I mean, he's got the look. He has the look. But with all due respect, I just can never get into him. And where the carry, where Karrion Cross got hurt, as far as any chance to succeed in WWE, was the first night on Raw where he lost to Jeff Hardy. When he lost that first night, that was it. And he was the NXT champion. He was the NXT champion. And he loses on Raw on his first night when he should be an ass-kicking SOB, taking no names, beating whoever comes in front of him. First night, loses to Jeff Hardy. And then later they add, you know, different stuff and he becomes, you know, this gladiator. And when I talked, you know, when we talked about, or I talked about a while back, WWE may be bringing American gladiators. And I joked, maybe Karrion Cross will get used for American gladiators. But I will say this. Because there are fans of Karrion Cross. There really are. There was potential. In the Karrion Cross gimmick. NXT had him set up perfectly. The problem was we had a global pandemic. And when you can't bring fans into anywhere for a show, and you had somebody like him who had the entrance, had the song, and even had the chant, you know, fall and pray, fall and pray. 
if fans had been there when he had started, the chant would have been over. It would have been huge, I think. Karrion Cross would have been huge. Scarlet would have been huge. And then once they started bringing people back, they could never get it. They just couldn't get it. And and then, like I said, when he went to the main roster, that first night, it was over. It it was over. And I, 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 he's going to get picked up. And I know he will be picked up right away. Who's getting him? I don't know. I'm, I'm not even going to attempt this week to guess who's going to get him. Now, Nia Jax. This one is a very interesting one because she had been someone who was basically trained through WWE. And one of the biggest complaints that a lot of people had was that she was not safe in the ring because there were people that got hurt. Legit got hurt. And, you know, I'm not saying Nia Jax isn't a nice person. Nia is a nice person. I've always heard, you know, she's wonderful. She's a nice person. But in the ring, not that good. She's one of those that I think in fans' minds, WWE tried and tried and tried and tried to make people think that Nia Jax improved and could be good, but just never happened. And the reason I think she stayed for so long, and I hate to use this excuse, but it is what it is, is the bloodline she has. Her cousin is The Rock. I hate to say that. I hate to use that. But it's true. It is. And she had her run. I don't know what she's going to do next. I don't know if she wants to go back into wrestling. I don't know if she wants to pursue a full-time modeling career because she is a plus-size model. That's what she was doing before she got into wrestling. So, be interesting to see what we get. But the the one that disappoints me the most is Keith Lee. This guy had it all. He had the size. He had the charisma. He had the look. This guy should have been a big-time star. And the first night that everyone knew this guy's got something was Survivor Series two years ago when they did Raw, SmackDown, NXT. And Keith Lee is a part of the NXT team in the men's Survivor Series elimination match. And it comes down to him and Roman Reigns. And the fans are behind him. And they're cheering for Lee. And it's like, he's going to do it. He's going to beat 
you know, Roman Reigns, he's going to be the survivor, and eventually he loses, but when it's over, he gets the standing ovation, and then when he gets to the back, there's stories that Vince McMahon came up to him and hugged him, and it's like, this guy's got a future here. And then, a couple months later, at the Royal Rumble, when he's one of the entrants, the, the one where Brock eliminates half of the roster, and Keith Lee comes out, and you see Brock, and he mouths to Paul Heyman, who is this MFR? And it's like, right there, it's like, this guy's over. This guy is over. He's popular. And then, you know, NXT, he was so... Sorry, I had to get something. He was so beloved, and then he gets called up to the main roster. And it's like, alright, here we go. Keith Lee, he's going to be the next big star. And then, unfortunately, you know, he had to sit out because of COVID and, you know, the, the blood issue, which we talked, or talked about a while ago, which... You know, I nobody's fault. It just you know, it's just the body. And then when he comes back, it's like they start to change him up. It's like, oh, you know, you gotta wear singlet, you gotta wear this, you gotta wear that. And then they go into, okay, we're gonna add Bearcat into your name. You're gonna be Keith Bearcat Lee. And, and then they eventually cut it to Bearcat Lee. And it's like what are you doing with him? And now that he got released, honestly, he is the biggest blown opportunity WWE had in a long, long time. Keith Lee should have been a major star in WWE. He should have been a champion in WWE. But once he came back from his health issues, it's like, ah, you're back. Okay, well, you're going to lose to this guy. You're going to lose to that guy. We're going to change your name. You're going to be Bearcat Keith Lee. Um, You know, we're going to keep you off TV. We're going to put you in dark matches. And it's like, what are you doing to this guy? This guy was going to be it. You know, this was going to be the guy but we'll never know we will never know what would have happened you know had wwe fully committed to him so with cross b fab grand metal league nia Jax, keith lee harry smith eva marie mia yim and lince dorado they because they're on the main roster 90 day no compete clause so we will not see them again until early February of 2022. So that's what happens. But then today, a very interesting report comes out. Now, of course, the, the emails that they got and again, this is how they get released nowadays, is they got, you know, emails from John Laurinaitis that they were getting released. They said it was because of budget cuts. All right, I'll 
I'll believe that when I see it on a piece of paper. But the New York Post reported, and then Dave Meltzer also reported, that some of the talent that was released was due to them refusing to get vaccinated and not big enough stars to get away with that. The number is four or five. That's the number I've read and I've heard. One of the people whose name has come up in that discussion is Nia Jax. And Nia Jax took to social media earlier today and released the following statement. And I will read this statement. I usually keep my personal life private, but yesterday's reports leave me with no option but to clarify matters. I recently took a short leave of absence from WWE for a mental health break. I've been working through so much, more than I can share, and so I took some time, with the full support of the company to take care of myself. Earlier this week, after WWE sent me my schedule to return to the ring for the November 15th show, I asked for an extension to my mental health break, feeling that I needed more time and hoping I would have the ongoing support of the company I have given my all to for the past seven years. I did not receive a response. The next I heard, I was being released. My vaccination status was never mentioned. I wasn't given any choices or options. It breaks my heart to be so abruptly let go without consultation when dealing with so much privately. I loved my career at WWE. I loved the men and women I worked with, and I'm going to need time to process this huge loss. I appreciate those people who have shown understanding and compassion during an incredibly difficult time. Okay, so Nia was off TV. She was running off when Shayna Baszler attacked her on Raw. It was to get a mental break. WWE sent her something recently saying that we want you back on November 15th, which is a week and a half from now. And she asked, I need, I need a little more time. And then she gets released. And then the whole vaccination thing. He, Nia Jax, like I said, will never go down as one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. But see, she is such a nice, caring person. She knew that she needed to get herself together. WWE gave it to her, you know, at first. And then when she wanted more, got no reply. And the next thing you know, she gets released. I don't like how, on the business end, WWE's being run today. Do not like it. Not one bit. Here is a person who has worked in the company for seven years. For seven years. She's had knee surgeries. She's had 
injuries. She's had her ups. She's had her downs. All she asked was one thing. No reply. No answer. Next thing you know, she's gone. How how can we, the fans, support a company that, after reporting, they made, what, $43 million in profit, over a quarter of a billion dollars in revenue, having all these deals, and they just decide to let people go because of budget cuts. How the hell are we supposed to support them? This does nothing for them. This does not give them a good look. I know this is Nick Khan doing it. You know, if we ever get to, like, season 15 of Dark Side of the Ring, and they do an entire episode on Nick Khan, it's going to be like, Nick Khan could have destroyed WWE. He really could. And how am I supposed to feel, you know, how am I supposed to support WWE like this? You can't. You just can't. I mean, BFAB. Talked about BFAB. Not even on the on the main roster for a month. And is released. Karrion Cross, one of the biggest talents. One you know popularity with a bunch of fans. Goes to Raw. First night gets beat. Then becomes a gladiator. Wow. That'll put butts in the seats. He's gone. So, in conclusion, folks, I think at the end of the day, we gotta, we all have to take a look in the mirror and see if we, you know, want to support WWE or not. Plain and simple. Alright, well, on that note, that is going to do it for the show this week. Going to go into the plugs. If you guys have any questions or comments, send an email, wrestlingman at thatwrestlingshow.com. Don't forget to follow the show on Twitter at WrestlingShow11. Follow the show on Patreon. It is That Wrestling Show. Pretty simple, I think, to, to follow. Uh, join our Facebook group. It is That Wrestling Show Fan Group. Now to plug some podcasts of, well, some friends of ours and podcasts you guys should check out. Starting with our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast with Joe Morata and Michael Quinn. This week, they discuss in the Failed in New York segment, the TV title. Plus, week three of the Royal Rankings of the Best WWF Pay-Per-Views of All Time. And they review the march to WrestleMania 10. And speaking of WrestleMania 10, and again, they're the only podcast I do this for. If you subscribe to their Patreon page, their $5 tier, this weekend, their review of WrestleMania 10 comes out. That is our vantage point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast. Check out Greetings from Allentown with Peter Winson. And this week it is with Keithy as they watch live, well, 
recorded live. Um, <laughs> WWF Superstars from August 31st. It is the Superstars after SummerSlam. So check that one out. Greetings from Allentown. And check out Juice Pro Wrestling, where this week they interview the brand new Impact Wrestling World Champion, Moose. That is this week on Juice Pro Wrestling. And check out the 24-inch podcast where Steve Bennett and Dave Rollins look at the November 2nd, 1985 episode of Saturday Night's Main Event where the big match there is Hulk Hogan and Andre the Giant against Big John Studd and King Kong Bundy. That is this week on the 24-inch podcast. If you're looking for non-wrestling related podcasts, check out the Best Pick Movie Pod with Tom, John, and Jess, where even though they've gone through all the Best Picture winners, they're going through some of their favorite movies. And this week, they have a special guest, Andy Stanton, and they're going to discuss Andy's quest, I guess we could say, of watching Disney animated features during the pandemic. That is this week on the Best Pick movie pod also check out the castle vault where they watch stuff on disney plus and it is their 100th episode and this week they watch ant-man that is this week on the castle vault also check out dave and ethan's 2000 inch weird owl podcast where this week they are joined by scott aukerman the host of comedy bang bang that is this week on dave and ethan's 2000 inch Weird Al podcast. Check out Escape from Vault Disney, where this week they watch and discuss Viking Warrior Women. That is this week on Escape from Vault Disney. The Three Stooges throwback with Gay Brusso, as this week he discusses the 30th Three Stooges short, Tassels in the Air. That is the Three Stooges throwback. Also, check out the DK and Bill Wrestling Podcast, where this week, uh, DK and I, we discuss Mick Foley's run in the WWF, plus take a look at 1999 WWF pay-per-view that is this week on the DK and Bill Wrestling Podcast. Also check out Bill Learns Kingdom Hearts with myself and Jim Boy Star, as we are currently in Season 2 as I am learning Kingdom Hearts Chain of Memories. And finally, check out Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast where I watch and discuss each and every South Park episode. This week, I reviewed the season 13 episode, The F Word. That is this week on Shark's Pond, a South Park podcast. Next week's going to be quite a lineup because next week I will be discussing the PWI Women's 150, the top 150 female wrestlers in the world, plus going to preview AEW's full gear, their final pay-per-view of the year. Going to go through all the matches and going to make my predictions as to who will win those matches. Everybody have a good, safe weekend. Don't forget to set your clocks back an hour. We fall back this weekend. And come back for another episode of That Wrestling Show, the podcast where all pro wrestling matters. And as always, wrestle on.